What's happening, everybody? It's Kira and Ben, and we're at another live show to talk about Ben's book, Hodgepodge. This time we are here in Lynn, where Ben is from. So Ben, tell about tell us a little bit about growing up and your experiences and your life here. So uh, many of you probably heard of Lynn from the poem, uh, Lynn, Lynn, the city of sin, you never grew up the way you went in. And then there's a bunch more to that, but uh, it's inappropriate, so I won't say it. Growing up in Lynn was... For me, different because um, I grew up in a middle-class family. We weren't technically poor, but we weren't technically rich. It's a very diverse city, so I was uh, lucky enough to, you know, grow up with like um, black friends, uh, Latino friends, um, and that was something I've always thought was good because you know it, it made me appreciate other people's cultures more. The one thing I will say that uh, I, I did have the unfortunate. Uh, situation of growing up during the 80s, the 80s uh, and the 70s where, you know, they were like, the Russians are attacking, get under the desk. And uh, my name's Brunislaw Wozniak. So you can imagine what the kids were like to me. You know, they're like, oh, your people stink. And I'm like, oh, I'm Polish. I'm not Russian. So that was kind of rough. Um, but I mean, Lynn, Lynn gets a bad rap. It's, it's, there's a lot of good things about Lynn. And that's why I put them into the book. You know, there's, uh, there's a lot of history here. Uh, like, we were one of the first night games for baseball. Um, we had a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, over time, you know, hopefully people will realize that we're not a sin city. And, like, you know, we do have some quality uh, people in it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That's so exciting. All right. And now we're here with Lindsay, who's at the head of adult circulation here at the Lynn Library. Lindsay, thank you so much for hosting us and having us today. Um, how did you get into library sciences and what makes you passionate about books? Um, so I don't actually have a degree in library science. As the head of the adult department, the city of Lynn just designates I have to have a bachelor's degree to hold a librarian position here at the library. But um, it was back about, so I've been here for almost 11 years. Um, a few years back, well, 11 years ago, um, I was just looking for another job and I came across the city um, was, had the job for a library associate. Um, so I started off as a library associate here uh, and then worked my way up. I went back to school and got my bachelor's degree while I was here at the library and was able to be promoted to librarian, the head of the adult circulation department. That's very exciting. It sounds like it's something you're passionate about. Now, are you from Lynn or Massachusetts originally? Um, I'm from Lynn for the most part. My, um, I was at, When I was born, my parents lived in Revere, but we moved here within four years of that. Um, so I've been here since then. I did live in Florida for four years, but I've been in Lynn the rest of the time. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any like favorite stories about Lynn or any like monuments or like places that really hold a special place in your heart around here? Well, obviously the library. Um, when we were little, we would come here often. Um, I would walk around and pretend it was my castle because it's such an old, like, beautiful building. And then when we got a personal computer, we honestly stopped coming to the library as often as we did when I was very young. So it had been some time, but when I applied for the job, I think it had been the first time I'd been back here in a long time. But I had grown an appreciation for architecture over that time, and so when I came in, it was like seeing it in a different light as an adult um, and just having an appreciation for the building. Um, I really like Victorian architecture, which Lynn has a lot of. Um, unfortunately, we haven't retained much colonial architecture because fires and things like that over the years. Um, so Salem's very fortunate they have that, but Lynn does have a lot of like Victorian um, and even like more modern era type architecture. So the library is an excellent example. It was built in 1900. Um, so it's been around for 123 years now. But So I would say out of anything that sticks out to me, obviously, here at the library, because I work here. Obviously, and that's so cool. I had no idea the history of this library. So being around for 100, 
23. Oh my goodness, that's such a long time. And looking around, it still looks very well restored. Now, do you work on, no, you wouldn't be in charge of any of like the restoration or things like that, right? No, there hasn't been a lot of restoration or anything while I've been here. Um, obviously, there's updates to the building. Um, electricity was added at some point in time. It was gaslight fixtures previous to that. Um, but you can also see things like we have limited electricity available. Um, like in this room we're in right now, there's literally one or two, um, we have one hanging down from an extension cord, uh, electrical outlets. Um, so the beautiful, the building itself was beautiful. Obviously, it wasn't built for modern time, and we do run into um, some snags here and there when it comes to updating it to be more modern. Um, we're lucky we're able to get Wi-Fi throughout the building, but it was a challenge, like, maneuvering that when it was first a thing just because you have to figure out the best placement in order to get the best signal throughout the entire building that's made out of limestone. So... Um, the building is beautiful and I love it and whatever they can do to preserve it, um, I'm all in favor of, but it also has its limitations and challenges because of its age. Of course, now is this considered a historical site or a historical building? So do you have to go through those channels, like through the um, town? Um, yes, it is a designated historical site. The thing is, that, like you'll notice like the lighting, that's all stuff were things that was done in like probably the 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, I believe, I don't know exactly when it was designated a historical site off the top of my head, but um, maybe those weren't things that might fall under what you might need to do like now as part of that. Um, I also don't know like what the parameters of that are necessarily, but there haven't been any major updates since I've been here, so I haven't been through that process. Very cool. So what made you passionate about like books and reading and really like attracted you to the library besides the architecture? So I hate to say this, I'm not much of a reader. <laughs> um, I do read. I actually facilitate the movie night book club. So it's a book club that um, compares books that were adapted into movies. So we talk about the book, we talk about the movie, we talk about the differences, the dislikes and likes between the two of them, changes that were necessary or completely unnecessary. So that's gotten me reading a lot more, I will admit. But what attracted me to library works, I'm very organized and detail-oriented, which is definitely something you have to do in order to keep things in order. So that's more what drew me to library work, I guess, more the my organizational side. That's awesome. So what is some of like the better books and movies that you've seen lately? That sounds like such a fun and interesting club. Um, so it's, I'll give you the best and the worst, starting with the worst, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is an excellent movie. It is a very strange book. It is nothing like the book and the movie are nothing alike. Um, the entire club pretty much agreed on that. We had a lot to talk about because we all really disliked the book, um, whereas it wasn't you weren't expecting that because the movie is such like a like classic timeless type movie. Probably the best is The Color Purple is an excellent adaptation from the book to the movie, um, and we had a really great discussion. And it's such a classic, and it was a pretty. There's a, it's definitely different but it was a great adaptation. So it was best and worst. That's so exciting. Now, are you guys going to travel like as a group to go see the new color purple that they are doing that's coming out in December? I don't have plans for that. Um, at first, when I heard it, I was like, oh, how do you redo such a wonderful classic? And then I'm like, I've seen previews where I'm like, oh, it doesn't look too bad. So I would definitely encourage the group to go and see it, but I, we don't have any plans as of now to do it together as a group. That was awesome, though. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us and talking to us. And again, thank you so much for having us today. Are you going to stay and listen for a little bit? I, I do have to do some work at my desk, but I hope everybody else stays and has a wonderful time. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, like we have said, we are so happy to be here at the Lynn Library and back to our book, HodgePodge. Um, ben, can you tell us about one of like your favorite sites here and one of um, what inspired one of your favorite stories in the book? So um, one of the most beautiful sites here in Lynn is probably the view from High Rock Tower. If you go up there and you look out across, you can see Boston. And as a kid, I mean, in Lynn, people don't think of beauty. So like we grew up in the streets and we do what you know, kids in the streets do. We, we, we run around, we cause havoc, and we just have a blast, you know. But you don't really think of beauty. Um, so when you go up to the High Rock Tower and you look out and you actually get your breath taken away by just the, the awe-inspiring view. I mean, for a kid growing up, like, you know, in this area, it's, it's something that really touches your heart because you're like, wow, you know, there's a whole new world out there besides, you know, being on the streets. So that was kind of inspirational for me. And then um, Egg Rock. Uh, being at Egg Rock and like looking out at, you know, I mean, not Egg Rock, Red Rock and looking out at uh, Egg Rock and stuff like that. I mean, like I said, there's so much beautiful things here in Lynn and uh, it's just overlooked because of all the, like the different um, poems and negativity that's thrown out about this city. But if you actually look deep down inside, uh, it's a pearl in the oyster. There is a pearl in the oyster and, you know, you just got to really look. Absolutely. And I think you could say that for like a lot of um, cities, especially in Massachusetts, but you found it and I think you really did highlight it um, in your stories um, off uh, recording. We were talking a little bit about the story of Steve and Tamay and how you're doing um, a prequel to that. Do you want to speak on that or are we trying to keep it like a secret? No, it's fine. So there's two stories in the beginning of the book, A Common Christmas and Cold Hard Truth. And, you know, I threw them together and when I did, I didn't think the response was going to be as good as it was to it. When people read the stories, they like the banter between the two characters. I didn't think that was going to be the stories that people would flock to. So I was kind of like shocked at that. It was kind of cool that they did. So they were asking me like, you know, what we want more. And I was like, well, I don't really have more. But then like, I was like, all right, well, I'll try and come up with some stuff. So I started thinking about stuff and I was like, all right, I can put this in there, that in there. I got a story I can put together. So I was like, all right, I can do that. And then, um, I'm looking at different ideas for like the fantasy um, aspect of what I did. I'm looking at that. And then I have a book, a story in there called The Weezer about this uh, serial killer that has asthma. And um, I'd like to finish her story. I thought that was pretty funny. It's a, it's a little comedy, but um, there's a lot I, I want to do. Hopefully I have the time to do it. I am, I am kind of old, um, but you know, I, I'm hoping that I can get some stuff done. Awesome. Well, there, it sounds like we have a lot to look forward to in the future. All right, so we just had a really great comment, a, a shy patron, but that is okay. Thank you for your amazing comment about the football story. Ben, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, it's called Hanging Up the Helmet, and um, it was based off like um, all the CTE that's happening with um, the football players, um, and Junior Seau was one of my favorite players, and um, when he had uh, committed suicide, it was like devastating for me because like I didn't understand. I don't, I don't think anybody truly understood what CTE was at the time. So for me, I was, I was thinking about everything that's going on with like players and how much dedication they put into it, you know, and most of them start out when they're peewees and they move all the way up, you know, to junior and then, you know, varsity and like, and then they go to college and just like the amount of time they put into it. Cause a lot of people were like, why can't they just let it go? But if you've done something your whole life, you can't let it go. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, you've dedicated your whole life to a profession. And then at the last second, you're like, all right, it's over. And, you know, how can it be over? I mean, in your, in your mind, you're probably like, how can this be over? I mean, it's everything I've ever done, everything I've ever wanted to do. And if it's stripped from you in one, one second, I mean, that would probably devastate you. 
Oh, absolutely. And I feel like we see that with these like football players and athletes um, because like their life kind of goes downhill after this just because like you said, they've lost their passion. They've lost their drive. Um, do you ever feel like you've come across that in your life? Have you met me? <laughs> I was a loser. Um, I'm going to be honest. I was not a good person. I, I, I was an alcoholic. I was a bad person. I was a womanizer. Um, and my wife is nodding. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't a good person, and and I overcame all that because I had no choice. Um, it was either continue on the path I was going, end up like with so many of my friends right now that are in the grave that were young. They were so young, and like they committed suicide. They died from drug addictions, uh, alcoholism, car accidents. Uh, just, it was just... Like my whole Facebook when I came back from Florida looked like a, a obituary because I didn't know all these people had gone. And then it just devastated me. And I was like, good God, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say because I didn't think I'd ever be here today telling, talking about a book I wrote, being a mature person, having two jobs, going to Disney on, uh, once a year, having a wife, you know, doing the right things. Trust me when I tell you. If anybody in this building was not supposed to be doing the right things or end up where he is, I'm that guy. But I think it's so inspiring that you pulled yourself out of that. Do you have like a catalyst or like an event that really jump-started this for you? Well, the birth of my daughter, that's, that was one. Uh, the downfall was the death of my mother. Uh, we were very close. She was like my best friend. And when she passed, I just like destroyed myself. And uh, I ruined a lot of friendships. I've was not a good person, like I said. And then I woke up one day and I said, is this what you want to do? And when I found out I was going to have a daughter, I said, is this the legacy you want to leave your kid? Is this, this what you want your daughter to know? Or do you want people to come up to her and say, look, this is what your father was? Or, this is, or do you want this to be what your father is? So I did that. I changed my life. I dedicated myself to being a good person, doing the right things. I had a lot of support. My wife, uh, my friend Scott, a lot of people that stood by me and said, hey, look, you're not a bad person and we can pick you up, but you just got to stand. It's hard. Like I fight it every day. Addictions, like it costs you sometimes and you just can't fight it because, you know, the struggles and every day is a struggle. So like, like something can tip you, but you just can't let it happen because if you do, you're going to end up back where you were. And um, so I relate to anybody out there that has an addiction that's fighting it because I was there. I lived it. I know how hard it is, but you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Absolutely. And like you said, you're here now with this amazing book, podcast, beautiful wife, two jobs, and it's exciting. So let's talk a little bit about one of your favorite stories or one that you want to read because we're going to do an excerpt later. Let's see. The ones I really like, um, I like Melissa. I thought that was really good because the Pine Grove Cemetery was a place that I used to walk through every night and it used to scare the bejeevus out of me. I swear to God, every time I walked through there, I'd be like, who's out there? Who's watching me? And I could run and like, <laughs> I'd sprint through this big, long cemetery. And like, no one was, of course, following me, but you know, your imagination runs wild when you know, like, there's all these gravestones around you and shadows and darkness. And, uh, and uh, you live in a city called Lynn. So uh, who knows what kind of evil is out there? But yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I like... Um, Hanging up your helmet was great. I, I liked that a lot. I could read an insert from that because uh, that was great feedback that uh, the person that doesn't want to be mentioned mentioned. <laughs> we would call her anonymous. But uh, it's, it's, good. it's actually good to be back in Lynn. I've been gone a long time. I, I lived here for a little bit with Kim. Then we moved, we moved on to New Hampshire. So 
But yeah, like I can read, uh, I probably do hanging up the helmet and there's more people here that, you know, try to get on the mic and have them say what they got to say. Absolutely. Now, do you think you would ever move back to Lynn? So there's a pig and uh, if it takes flight, then uh, yeah, then yeah, I'm going to do that. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, my time in Lynn is over. Uh, I lived here. I've done it. I, 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 I we moved on. I, I, I don't want to come back here because there's nothing to come back to. I mean, everything here for me is gone except memories. And I put some of those memories in my book. So, you know, um, I'll come back to visit. I'll come back to speak good things about Lynn. I'll come back to do whatever I can to help get Lynn, like, that shadow of darkness off Lynn. I'll gladly do that. But um, my, my time here is over, and uh, it's new people's time. Absolutely. Now, do you think we can expect a New Hampshire book from you? I love New Hampshire, but my roots are here. Uh, so this is what I know. I mean, this is everything I've ever been. And I know Lynn. So I don't see myself writing anything about New Hampshire, but uh, it, I'll, I'll say that it's cold in the winter. Uh, and you got, there's animals. Uh, there's raccoons and skunks and and, uh, and wolves and things like that and bears. And, uh, you know, it's like a, a scene out of uh, The Wizard of Oz. You know, all we need is a lion and we're good. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's see if we can get some more people from the audience in, and then we'll do that excerpt. All right, and now we are here with Noel. Sounds like a longtime friend of Ben. Yes. Oh, 35 years or so. That's exciting. Now, are you from Lynn as well? I am, yes. Brought up and uh, moved out a little while back, like Ben. That's exciting. Now, do you have a favorite like place or memory about Lynn that you'd like to share with us today? The corner of Franklin and Boston Street, yeah. That's a good memory. We always used to hang out there, us, uh, Ben and and uh, Eric and who else? Mike Perry, Todd Standish, Rob Allen. Let's see, there was a whole bunch. Uh, Kenny Duffy. Uh, who's a cop now? Someone's a cop? I, oh, Manny Gasca. And Manny the cop. <laughs> now, what would you guys do? Just be vagrants on the corner? Yeah, basically, yeah. punks, you know taunt the cars going by. It was like, uh, you know, we were like 15, 16, 17. Ben, Jim, ben was like 21. We were all, we were all younger than Ben. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I was the, I was the older statement. I was the buyer. Uh, <laughs> I'm the buyer. Um, if, if that's any consolation, uh, but it was fun. We, I mean, I will say this: we were punks. But I, I can tell you this: if there was anybody that was elderly or older that walked by us. We respected them. I mean, it wasn't like now. I mean, we were always, like, very respectful to older people. Uh, we look out for older people. No one messed with women around us. We talked crap to women, of course, because we wanted them. But, but people felt, they saw us, but they knew that we were going we to protect them. Very, very cool. And you said that you have now also moved out of Lynn. Yes, I live in Peabody now. And how do you like Peabody compared to Lynn? It's like 10 houses from Lynn, so it's kind of <laughs> the same. It's basically the same, just not with as many memories. I miss Lynn. I just walked down the street, you know, 10 houses, and I'm in Lynn. Here I am. Now, have you read the book? I have not. I was coming today to buy one and get it autographed. Oh, exciting. We got Ben doing some signings today. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I appreciate it. I appreciate your support. Um, you know, like I said, I've known Noel for a long, long time. And a lot of people here that I see, like, in the audience, I've known for a long time. Well, it must feel great to have all this support from longtime friends and family. Um, do you have any final thoughts? I'm looking forward to reading the book. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming today. All right. And now we're going to have Ben reading an excerpt from Hanging Up the Helmet. I've had people tell me that I never had a real job. 
All I do is play a game and get overpaid to do it. I argue that I was hired to do a job and I have to live up to the expectations and responsibilities that come with it. I had to go to practice, study game film, learn and execute the playbook and be a spokesperson for the team. Now I'm not asking anyone to feel sorry for me or anything of that nature. I understand that as a football player I have advantages other people don't have. However, we deal with a lot of issues that general public doesn't. We have teammates and employees with personal issues they are going through with which affects our jobs. Many don't even take their job seriously. Then we have the ones who push themselves harder than their teammates but make less than most. The general public would be shocked to learn that some things they go through on a bit on a daily basis. We also go through on a daily that they go through on a daily basis. We also go through on a daily basis. We just deal with it on a different level than most. Wow, thank you. Now that why did you pick that section from the story? Because I I I think that people forget that just because they're on the field and they're they're our, our favorite football players or you know our heroes that that they're human and um they go through things they go through divorces they go through problems uh, they go through drug addictions they go through you know just daily routines daily life problems you know and um it's hard to think of that because when you see them on the the big screen or the TV you know you think oh look you know it's it's Tom Brady you know he's a hero but then like you know then you find out he's getting divorce from Giselle or he has issues or and then like LeBron you're like oh LeBron but then you find out LeBron has problems and then it, it brings the reality of the fact that at the end of the day we're all human it's like when your boss comes in like say a corporate um executive comes in from their job everybody freaks out they're like oh my god it's the big bosses and they run around and they act crazy but there's people put their pants on the same way I do and I, I don't do that I'm like whatever they I'm not going to do that I'm just going to talk to them like human beings but um we forget that they're human beings and we put them on a different pedestal than us and you know i think we need to understand that you know we're all human oh absolutely and i would say now too with the rise of social media and parasocial relationships people do assume that celebrities are and athletes are who they portray themselves to be but that's not true they are people and they have good sides and bad sides so i think that's very important and um, very cool i don't know if there's any way that we can combat that <laughs> on a global scale but we'll we'll work through it. Now would you ever continue this story or expand on it? Uh yeah, I'd like to. I left it open-ended where it could be continued. The the, the person I'm not going to spoil it for you but the person that is the main catalyst, you know, ha- can expand on his story. So I left it like him looking at the helmet. So I mean, there there's options. Very, very cool. Well, obviously, if you guys don't know, it's the book Hodgepodge. It is on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles Press. I think it's on there too, and, and Amazon. And uh, if not, reach out to me. Yeah, always write in, send an email. We're always here. We're going to try to get some more people on the mic, and then we'll be back to you. All right. So we are here with <laughs> Gabby, who is a friend of me and has met Ben. Well, she's my sister. She's not a friend. She's my sister. Well, I know you haven't read the book, but what I want to ask you is, how does it feel to be a lit major who's never read a book? So that's actually not true. I never read a book in school when I was a literature major, but I have since read a book. <laughs> okay. So you're not illiterate. Uh, yeah, correct. <laughs> Awesome. Now, um, you are not from Lynn. You are from New Hampshire like me. But um, in the spirit of the stories and talking about memories and special places, do you have a, a spot that's special in your heart in New Hampshire? The house, I would say, our home, um, because that's where all our gatherings were, all our after-school dinners, and just talk about our day and be a family. 
but Londonderry has a lot of apple orchards, so we would go apple picking every fall and uh, pumpkin picking, so that's always a good fall memory as well. Absolutely, and if I do say so myself, you are quite the baker, so I do love when you go apple picking because I love pie. <laughs> Um, I'll make one for you tonight. <laughs> well, Gabby, thank you so much for sitting with us today. How fun was that? So fun. Thank you, Kira. <laughs> All right. So now we're here with my other sister, Ariana. Welcome, Ariana. Thank you for having me. Now, do you read? Yes. Did you read this book? Not yet. <laughs> tisk, tisk. All right. But same as Gabby's, in the spirit of the story, can you tell me about a favorite memory or a place that you have? I would say our grandma's house in New York. Um, I know we, Gabby and I both like uh, houses, but um, no, uh, I think homes are special in, in the way that they bring people together and you um, have a lot of memories associated with it, either growing up or looking back at it. So, Absolutely. Now, do you think it's the location and the home that makes it so special or do you think it's the people? I would say both, but definitely more so the people <laughs> because... Um, that's who you're with, that's who you're making memories with, laughing with, sharing stories with, so. Absolutely, and we have Ben who shared so many great stories about Lynn with us in his book. Um, we're gonna get back to that. Ariana, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone, thank you so much for coming out to this book uh, event. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, it's great seeing people that I haven't seen in a long time, like, like they're like family to me, so that, that's kind of cool. There will be more uh, books coming out, hopefully. Uh, I do have stories of Lynn that I want to do about hanging on the corner and doing things that we did. There'll be no incriminating, of course. Uh, <laughs> no one will be incriminated in this. There will be no actual names. But uh, but we will talk about like, the, the characters will be doing the stuff that we did and having fun. And it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot coming out in my life that I, I'd like to put on in the book. It's, like I said, there's a lot of things I want to do and uh, hopefully I can do. And uh, we're going to continue to podcast. Our podcast is growing. So if you're listening to the Was Happening podcast, congratulations, because uh, we love having you as a family. Tune in. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to give us any glimpses of those corner stories? Any little tidbits to share? I plead the fifth. Uh, <laughs> until it's in writing, it didn't happen. And uh, I, I'm going to plausible deniability. But uh, uh, it's, it's, we're just, it's about people having fun and being kids and learning, having learning experiences that um, bonded us as friends and made us like stronger. Like growing up in the city, is, it's, it's a different experience and it, it builds you and, and it, makes, it gives you character. And there's a bunch of characters that I have as friends, so I, I can say that much. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks to everyone who came today. Um, please don't forget to get a copy. And I know that Ben will be doing some signings, which is also very exciting. Um, and thank you to everyone who's listening to us. Like I said, check out the book on Barnes and Noble or on Amazon. Support Ben any way you can. And also continue to listen to the podcast. Um, like we said, we do it for you guys. And we have so much fun. Peace. Thank you. And catch us next time on Was Happening.